What do Wreck-It Ralph, Rachel Ray, and Marijuana all have in common? We're going to answer that question today here with a very, very special guest, so don't move a muscle. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Crashing After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Jeff Graham. Um, as you guys know, this is your exclusive review coverage for HBO's best show on TV right now, which is Pete Holmes Crashing. We have a very, very special guest today. I want to go ahead and introduce yeah, him first. Let's go. Because <laughs> it's such an honor. We have Steve Agee here in studio. Steve. Hi. Um, camera. How's it going? Thanks for I'm sure me. a lot of you guys know who Steve Agee is because he's very good friends with Pete. He's been featured on his podcast, one of my favorite episodes, actually. Oh, wow. Thanks. That was um, early. It was early. Yeah, I'm a super fan. But he's also a great stand-up. So if you guys know stand-up, I'm sure you've seen his stuff as well. He was featured on the Sarah Silverman program, right. who was That's also true. featured in today's That's episode. That's where I know him from. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we're so honored to have you, oh, Steve. Thanks. Where can the people find you online if they want to connect? Uh, all my social networking is just at Steve Agee. And rumor has it, if you follow him on Twitter, he might sh- shout you out. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I plugged you guys today. Nice. I saw twice. Thank you very nice. much. We were very flattered. Um, the rest of the panel, uh, Michael, where can they find you online? I know well, I know you about It's one of our birthdays today. So hey. we're celebrating a birthday together. Uh, my name is Mike Rip. You can catch me on social media at Mike Rips. Uh, it's his birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. I'm Josh Rodriguez. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. What's your birthday wish? Uh, let's have a good show. That's my wish. Oh. Now that you said come it out on, loud, man. it won't come true. Oh, my God. Why'd you make him say it out loud, then, you know? <laughs> yeah, you asked him. You sabotaged. She just spiked it in your face. It wasn't intentional. Anyway, my name is Mina Wahab, and you can find me on Instagram at Mina Makes Magic. At Mina Crush's birthday, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, So, Steve, you were featured heavily in today's episode, which was so much fun. Yeah. Um, I think I want to start by talking about that. Obviously, okay. you played Sarah Silverman's friend on the show you played Pete's friend yeah. that's true in real life right you're close to Sarah aren't you yeah I've been friends with Sarah for god almost 20 years nice. wow um, and I was introduced to Sarah by Dave Juskow who was also in last night's episode so you knew Dave as well I owe Dave a career <laughs> Dave is the one who put me in a play that he wrote oh cool and was doing here in Los Angeles somebody dropped out and like two days before the play a friend of mine who was also in it said, I, I have a friend, Steve, I think he'd be good for this. So I went in and I did that play and Sarah came to opening night and that's how I met Sarah. What, what was the character you played? I played, it, it was a play Dave Juskow wrote <laughs> called Avenging Romeo and it was about a band called Avenging Romeo <laughs> that was huge in the 80s and now we're all like, you know, 15 years older and the band just has gone nowhere. Huh. <laughs> and so it's us trying to get... I was the guitar player, so cool. we're trying to get our shit back. Can I say shit? You yes, can you say can. whatever the fuck you want. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> cursing already. Um, you have musician experience, so I'm sure that yeah. was beneficial playing that I do a monthly country. show in LA at the Improv. Is that true? Yeah, called Baked, and it's... My partner on that show is Brendan Small, who co-created... Co-created? He created Metalocalypse on uh, Adult Swim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, so it's a night of stand-up and music. Well, I That's can't wait cool. to go to that show. That's yeah, awesome. Wow. I didn't even know. Um, okay, cool. So I think one of my favorite things about this episode... Well, first of all, what was everyone's overall reactions to this episode? I loved it. It was so funny. I like, loved it, too. You guys too. saw how funny. much I was yeah, laughing. Yeah, Mina was... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
It was a really special episode, I felt. It was, um, I don't know, I really liked the way it captured, like, the beats of what friendship is. Like, I'm yeah. excited to talk about that montage that you It was a big guys... turning point for Pete. Yeah. Huge turning think, point for Pete, yeah. Yeah, this was the most uh, confident and uh, accomplished he has been so far in this entire series. Yeah, I yeah. like, I think the introduction of him as a warm-up comic is a great transition for him into a professional experience, because I do think even the actual Pete has, like, a lot of the skills that would serve a warm-up comic well. Yeah. Warm, he would friendly. be a great warm-up comic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Have I don't know if he's any... ever done it, but I think he'd be a great... Have you ever done warm-up before? <laughs> <laughs> Just watching that last night made me so depressed. Like, <laughs> Wait, just... what, that's interesting. Why depressed? I'm intrigued. Just... You're performing for a lot of people who are there not to see you. <laughs> they're not there to see comedy. They're they're like, I mean, for instance, with last night, to see Rachel Ray. They're there to see a cooking show, yeah. and it's mostly middle-aged women. Right. And so you can't go blue, which I know Pete isn't blue anyway, but like, and just to the energy, that's the thing with me, is the energy you have to have to do warm-up. Yeah. yeah. But they, I don't they, have. They threw out Kit Kats, right? They did throw yeah. out Kit Kats. If you were the warm-up person, what would you throw out? <laughs> I Probably Reese's Peanut Butter. <laughs> nice. Nice. My I face. do love a good Reese's. Um, Re- Reese's? You pronounce it Pisces. Oh, that's true. I forgot how to say Pisces at the beginning of the show, because I know nothing about Reese's. astrology. I think my favorite thing about this whole warm-up scene, I'm excited to talk about that, because that kind of was the crux of the episode. Yeah. The one really subtle thing that I loved was they really nailed, like, the Midwestern tourist really well. Did you guys notice that? Like, no, not at Gwen's all. <laughs> birthday. I just thought it was kind of a subtle thing, but all yeah. the extras they cast, like, captured the energy so much of, like, a, I'm going to see Rachel Ray and this is the best day of my life. I feel like it might have yes. been an actual Rachel Ray. I know. It might I was just, thinking that, actually. It felt like yeah. it was real. Yeah. 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 That probably owes... This was Ryan McFall who directed, is that right? Yes. Okay. That probably owes his direction Fred a little bit. Fred Armisen lookalike. I know, I saw a photo. Have you he seen really a photo? Does he looks look like exactly. Fred. The second day we were shooting, I turned to Dave and Sarah, and I was like, is it just me? Or <laughs> he looks exactly like Fred Armisen. He has the same glasses, too. Yeah, exactly. I want him to direct an episode of Portlandia just so they can like, be on set together. <laughs> you can Google their names, and there is a photo of the two of them together. Do you mind? Our, our, bo- our uh, engineer in the booth is really good on his feet. Can you pull up a picture of Ryan McFall and Fred Armisen in the photo so we can throw it up for our fans, Steve? That would be oh, awesome. Oh, you got to do it. It's, it's incredible. Um, but like even the way those audience members were dancing and like the way Gwen reacted to her birthday I do just want to shout out those actors because background acting I used to do that when I moved out here and yeah it's rough for sure but this was a fun feature for some of those background actors Um, more importantly though I want to talk about just the way this whole warm up scene built because this was maybe one of the funniest moments of the whole show for me so far I don't know what did you guys think of oh I was dying yeah it was so funny I mean, um, I love how you're just talking about, oh, you guys want a steak. You either want to just eat a steak or you want to, like, F everything in America. That's what this is all about. The yeah. great Alan Havey. Alan Havey, I know. that It was fun to see him in this role, and I thought he killed it. What did you guys think of Alan Havey's performance? So he was hilarious. But I think Pete was funnier when he came in and he said, it's like, get yelled at by Dad on our way to Disney World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The mean uncle has left the building. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle, yeah. yeah. I love seeing... I love scenes where people just lose their shit. It's really <laughs> I fun. love a scene where someone just finally snaps. And it's very Judd. I feel like Judd Apatow, like, this happens in a lot of his shows and movies. This episode is co-written by Beth Stelling, actually, so I have to give her credit for probably for sure. co-writing that scene. For sure. Um, I'm sure some of it was probably improvised. And I actually want to talk about how much improvisation did you guys offer on set? And Not how much do you think made it into the final... I think the most we improvised at least while I was there, was the scene where we keep coming in and saying, 
mm. delivering the news that we got it. Yeah. A lot of that was improvised. That was I think so... that was all improvised. And that actually. was really funny, Th- that, too. And we did that for like an hour. That, that's yeah. what I wanted to know. That scene was great. How yeah. many times did you do that scene? I probably came in and out eight or nine, maybe ten times. We all did it so many times. And do you do that in real life at all? Because I do that a lot. Just I think that's people. that comes from Pete. I think that's Pete's bit. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I've never done that before, but I, I, I somehow have a memory of Pete doing that. It was really sweet. I think that was my favorite thing about this episode, was I found it to have just, like, a huge heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Did you guys feel like... Kind of, did you guys feel warmed by that scene? Kind that of? was the best scene of the yeah. series so far. I loved yeah, it. in my mind, at least, because you're rooting for Pete. You yeah, kind of feel like you are so Pete, supportive. and then when he makes it, you feel like you make it. Yeah. So he's having that moment, and you feel like you're having that moment. Yeah, it was really sweet. And then, like immediately after, there was that awesome montage with all the food. I want to talk about like <laughs> how was that shot? Like, what did that, that look was like on set? The worst. Dave and I to jump ahead of that, uh, past that scene, the last scene. I think it's one of the last scenes in the show where Sarah's on the back porch smoking pot mm-hmm. with Pete. And you see Dave and I in the background between them and we're playing cards. <laughs> and we're not Mike, so we're just in there talking the whole time. And I was like... And we shot that scene after the scene of us eating all the junk food and everything. And I just remember going, Dave, I think I have diarrhea. Because <laughs> we ate... So much. We shot that for like two hours. Oh, we ate so much shitty food. It was like, and they had just put out like cookies, whipped cream, ice cream, cupcake. Anything shitty was out there, and they're like, and they would just play music, and they're like, just have fun. And so we were like spraying whipped cream in our mouth, and then so like four, three or four hours later, we're shooting that next scene, and I go, I don't feel good. Dave, and he's like, I don't either. I go, I have to shit really bad. And we were in an actual apartment. This isn't a soundstage. So this was somebody's apartment. It was like a, an amazing three-floor apartment, but like you walk in and they're like, the AD's like, nobody use the bathroom. If you have to use the bathroom, use like the porta potty outside. And oh. I have a fear of that shit. Yeah. There was a bathroom downstairs that was kind of the community bathroom. There's, like, girls working on set, and, like, everyone used that bathroom. Right. I was like, I can't go have diarrhea in there. <laughs> so you had to use the porta potty No, I held it. <laughs> oh! Because it, la- it was literally the last scene we shot. Yeah. You were like, I can make it. And I was like, I think I can make it. And then you ran to a restaurant. <laughs> and then I get back to my hotel, oh, okay. and Dave was back at his apartment. Dave lives in New York. And I was on the toilet with, with <laughs> diarrhea. I actually, and I, I texted him. I go, I was right. I have diarrhea. And he's like, so do I. <laughs> it was the worst. That scene took forever to shoot. And there was so much junk food. So I'm surprised you guys. I wondered if you are actually shooting at Sarah's place in New York. I know she's based out here, but. Yeah, she doesn't have a place. So where did you guys shoot? I know probably nowhere specifically. Like what, what part of town in New York were you? We shot it in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, I don't know New York very well, so I don't know what part of Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but it was a really nice neighborhood. That apartment we were in was incredible. I'm sure it was probably a $6,000 a month apartment, <laughs> or actually someone probably owned it. And uh, But I think you can make a lot of money renting out your houses. Yeah, People, people do, do that yeah, in LA yeah. too, yeah. renting your house out for productions. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you have to worry about shit, shit getting broken and stuff, but I think it 
pay a lot of money. It feels like that ugly chain of like you already have this house. You don't deserve more money just for letting other people use your yeah. house. But um, how many dates did you guys shoot? Like I'm wondering. It's funny because in this episode it played quickly, but like that food scene, for example, you said took like three hours to shoot. Or it something. was um, it was about two hours to shoot that, and then like an hour and a half to two hours to do the scene of Pete and Sarah out on the porch smoking pot. But um, I was there just two days. I mm. flew out on a Tuesday night. This was crazy. I slept. They put me up in a hotel in Brooklyn, and I got to the hotel at 5.30 at night. I texted. I think I texted Dave or another comedian friend of mine because I never get to New York. And I'm like, I'm in New York. Let's get dinner tonight. And then, uh, but it was still early. So I was like, I'm going to take a nap. I've been up since 5 this morning flying. It was 5.30 a.m., I laid down just on top of the bed in my hotel with the windows wide open. Like, the <laughs> shades were up. It was bright as hell. And I woke up 17 hours later. Oh, my 17? I have never slept that long oh in my, my God. entire life. You took wow. a coma. 17 <laughs> hours. He took a coma. It was... <laughs> I feel like jet lag insane. will do that. 17's a lot. <laughs> I've never... I Like, I'm usually a five or six hour a night person. And I think, like, once every other year like my body will do that like one night it's like dude you gotta catch up on that's like a hard reset that's what it sounds like yeah yeah um so one of the things i want to ask like what's interesting about this show and other shows like this is you're playing like a kind of fictionalized version of yourself but you're also playing like a true version of yourself how close do you feel like you were playing to like you for example and like you're in sarah's rapport for example pretty close um I mean, Sarah's, like, one of the kindest per- people I know, and she always lets people stay at her house. I honestly am never afraid in this business of going broke and becoming homeless because I know I have friends like Sarah who mm. probably would let me stay at her house for a while. But um, it was pretty right on. There's a scene, the scene where Pete and I first meet inside the apartment, um, there was a big chunk of dialogue that was cut out where he's like, weren't you on Sarah's TV show? Mm-hmm. and so I guess I am not playing a fictional version of myself at all. <laughs> it's actually me. And I go, yeah. And he goes, why are you crashing on her couch then? And I just, I, I said something to the effect like. That was six uh, years ago. Yeah. Some, yeah, I go, that was six years ago. Sometimes the well runs dry. Mm-hmm. And I think I had actually said that to Pete at some point. Like he was like, he was telling me before and he's like, a lot of this shit I wrote because of stuff that we had said a long time ago. Yeah. Pete and I, when we first met, used to play Borderlands on mm. Xbox together, but from our own apartments, like on headsets like these, and Pete had just gone, not through his divorce, but he had broken up with a girlfriend of a long time, and he was like a wreck. <laughs> he was like way worse than you see from his divorce. On He was like really depressed, and um, so I was like his gaming buddy, and we would spend hours just online on Xbox playing Borderlands. Well, that I feel like that dynamic of just friendship is what made this episode so special for me, all those scenes. Had you ever shot something like this where you're, like, hanging out? I mean, obviously you worked on Sarah's show, but yeah. this was interesting to watch four friends in real life shoot a scene about being friends in real life. Like, what did that feel like on set? It didn't feel like we were shooting, other than the fact that we had to keep saying the same thing over and over again. Right. It was all stuff that we normally would have said, and Pete used a lot of stuff that I know Sarah talks about 
Nor, like the line she says about, you got to floss every day, death creeps in through the gums. <laughs> That's a Sarah, like, Sarahism. She says that shit all the time. <laughs> I see Sarah flossing constantly. Interesting. She's got the best teeth in the business. Nice. Well, Sarah's performance on this, what did you guys think of Sarah on this episode? I love Sarah. She's super endearing. Yeah, it was so sweet. I want to hang out with her. I know. Um, Yeah, how true do you feel like to Sarah's person did she play on this show? It's funny because she has a character she plays on stage and kind of in her show that's like kind of self-centered and kind of bratty. Yeah, Mm -hmm. couldn't be further. Uh, She's very close to how she was in this episode. Like, she's super nice. Super generous, and that she would she would literally let all three of us crash on her couches if we needed to. When when are we doing that? Uh, <laughs> I'll call her right now. What are you guys doing tonight? Absolutely, <laughs> it's his birthday. Can you go crash? Yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah. Come, on. Come on, let's do it. Sarah, we'll have like a party like that. Sarah's also a homebody, and she never leaves her apartment. She doesn't like going out. She's I've noticed not... that because when she guests on people's podcasts, usually they go to her. So I just yeah. assume I've known Sarah almost twenty years. She's never been to my apartment. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> Nice. It's like, come over. Well, this was, she was so sweet in this episode, and I loved the inclusion of having a podcast, because that's also such a contemporary stand-up comic thing, of just, like, going on a podcast. So, yeah. Were you guys surprised when Artie came back, and they were on that podcast? With... I was like, finally my prediction comes true, because yeah. I knew he would come back in one of the episodes. I didn't think it would be over the phone. I thought it would be in person, but I love that they incorporated Does Artie again. have a podcast in real life? I should know that. I, I bet he doesn't. I Probably he just... Some radio thing. He's probably sick of radio because of all that time he spent with Stern. (laughs) I was going to say, if anyone should have a podcast, he'd be great because he has so much talk radio experience, but I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, okay. I also, I want to talk about, um, we kind of touched on it, but the warm-up thing, like going on Rachel Ray... Um, were you guys happy to finally see Pete get some success, or do you think they should have held out longer? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why we enjoyed the episode so much, yeah. was because we went through the struggles with him. Like, when I told you about the whole um, barking situation, uh-huh. we felt like we were barking with him. Like, yeah. yeah. We felt like we won with him. We felt like we finally made it with him. So, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I was impressed to see him. He's owning the corner, finally. Like, he's in complete control of the corner now. And yeah. also, the warm-up. <laughs> the, the warm-up. He was like, it was like a different peep. Mm-hmm. He was like, he owned that. Like, that was the first time in the whole series where I felt like he was totally in control. He was getting everyone, yeah. get up and dance. Like, you know, like. Ugh, that was so Pete. Sure, sure <laughs> of himself. He's been, he's been so yeah. not confident right. and being beaten down so far. Outside of the time he got the little $250 in the wrong name. But, <laughs> you know, the warm up, he was, it was impressive. When I first heard that he was doing the show and it was called Crashing, it was about staying. On different people's couches. I was like, "How's that gonna work? Like, mm-hmm. just every episode you're gonna be staying on a different person's couch. That like seems that. like it's gonna get old, but it's it's totally not gotten old, and it's yeah. been spread out. It's not like every week. You know, there was two weeks at TJ's, one night at Artie's, then uh, God, where was he staying the last? The last Germain's. Week? Germain's. Yeah, yeah. and um, and then Sarah. So it's it's not been just shoved in your face every episode. It's and totally not only has it not gotten old, I think it's actually been a benefit because it's been able to include a lot of different comedians yep. mm-hmm. right, from around yeah. the spectrum of things. Yeah. It is so fun to have a show that's really dedicated to comics because obviously you've had shows like that, but even like a Louie or a um, like I, Seinfeld's an old show, but um, even like Marin's show, they bring out a lot of traditional actors and actresses, which obviously comics are. Like yeah. you've had crossover, you've done plays, yeah, yeah. but it's fun like to have like a Parna on the show in Germain, and it's just it's really fun to just kind of 
raise a throne to the artist's stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's been a really, really fun experience. See comics in their own element. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And playing comics, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and seeing the nitty-gritty, too, the little things that you maybe don't even think about that go along with being a comedian. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. performing yeah, in front of nobody because you're barking for, for four hours. That was a great jokes in. scene. Oh my God, that was hilarious. The Mrs. Jetson stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's so uncomfortable. Or his, parents, <laughs> or his parents in the audience. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. A nightmare scenario. Yeah, can you talk about the experience? Do your parents, I mean, I'm sure they obviously are supportive because you've had a lot of success, but what was it like? I don't know what kind of, did you grow up in a traditional family? Or? Yeah, I grew up in a, much like Pete, a religious, Christian, yeah. conservative family and, I am shocked at how supportive my parents were. Like I, it was like I could always tell my parents really didn't want me to do what I'm doing, but uh-huh. they never said that, and they were always just like, oh, "All right, <laughs> all right, go ahead." Nice. They were so so supportive. They should talk to my parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding, mom and dad. I love you guys. Um, so I. There, you talked about insecurities in stand-up. That's something that is really... The tidbits of stand-up are some of my favorite things, like seeing barking, seeing, yeah. like... There was, like, the tidbit of, like, make four feel like five. There's just a lot of Easter eggs that I feel like kind of pay homage to what stand-up is. Mm-hmm. And um, the insecurity you talked about, I loved how um, Mort... I think that was the name of the stand-up comic that was played by... Um, that was played by... Gosh, no, I forget his name. He's one of my favorite comics ever. Who, no, ever? Um... The warm-up comic. We just mentioned his name. Oh, Alan Havey. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Alan oh Avery. I think I was... Alan had a talk show like before Comedy Central was called Comedy yeah. Central. It was called like the Comedy Channel in yeah. like '89 for nice. a few years. I think it was called Night After Night or something like that. And oh, wow. he was supposed to. I mean, the rumor was he was supposed to take over for David Letterman after Letterman wow. left NBC. I mean, we all know now that it went to Conan, but uh, yeah. I think Alan was like in the top runnings. For wow. That. I loved the moment when his character was like so insecure about Pete being on set. Like, I thought that was a really interesting insight into like probably the insecurity that comics feel. And oh my God, yeah. There was, of course, the joke of like, he Any wants. Any birthdays today? Is that like the material that he wanted to Yeah. Steal? He's like, you don't own any birthdays. <laughs> oh my God, that was such a great that scene. Was hilarious. <laughs> Um, but it was kind of interesting and very revealing, I thought, for him to come over and be like, what, you're helping me dig your grave, you're asking for yeah. advice from me. Um, do you feel like, I'm sure if you're friends with Pete, you're probably the kind of comic that likes to share wisdom and kind of spread the wealth. Sure. Do you feel like that's most comics, or do you feel like most kind of face insecurity and would get t- um, wary of sharing advice? I think like every, himself? it's a really giving, sharing community, but there is definitely competition and I feel like Alan Havey in that episode was absolutely justifiable in being like, why the fuck is this guy here? Mm-hmm. Why is he taking notes? That was absolutely, I would have been freaked out too yeah. if I'd been doing that job for a couple of years and then all of a sudden here's this like mm-hmm. fresh-faced kid just taking right. notes. I'd be like, seriously, why is he here? I, I would have spun out of control, too. I'm I think curious, a lot of people would. I'm curious to know what the best advice and the worst advice you've ever gotten was when you were first starting out as a stand-up hmm. comedian. Oh, I don't... I don't know worst advice. I've gotten so much good advice. That probably the best was from Janine Garofalo hmm. when uh, we were hanging out. She was out in L.A. doing 24. And um, so she was here for... a. a good couple months and I had never met her before and then we met at one of Sarah's shows at Largo and hit it off and we were talking and we were talking about comedy and I was like this was 
probably six years ago. It's like, uh, I really don't like writing jokes. I don't like writing setups and punchlines. I think mm-hmm. I'm bad at it. I don't like a lot of my jokes. And she was just like, so don't do that. She goes, just go out and talk about what you are comfortable talking about. She's mm. like, when we have dinner and talk, you're funny. She's like, mm-hmm. it's not like you're not funny. Just go out and talk about what's on your mind. And it completely was like the nose in front of your face. I was like, oh, my God, that's duh. Hmm. And it changed everything. Well, that's interesting. Is that part of the reason you used to work for Kimmel? And I'm sure, like, that writer's room was yeah. joke, joke, punchline setup. Is yeah. that – I don't know if you left on your own accord or is that why – I think I was talking to Paul F. Tompkins about this just yesterday. I'm positive I was about to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is that? I None of my jokes ever <laughs> – my jokes, my monologue jokes and stuff would get used sometimes, but like none of the bits I ever pitched ever got <laughs> on TV. We would be in the pitch meeting, and you go, Jimmy's at the head of a table, and they go around all the writers pitching for that day. I was always last, so all the good ideas were always taken <laughs> up. And I'd be like, what about. Uh, a bit called Laughtovers, where we take all the jokes that we didn't use. And he was always like, no. And he would never look up from his, he was like, no. And I was, after like oh, three months of that, I was like, I'm going to get fired. I go, I am going to get fired. I knew it. I could feel it in my bones. And that's when Sarah's pilot got picked up. And I left, I left on my own to go act. But I would have been completely fired. I, who, who in that room, the writer's room... Comedian wise, was the one getting most of the the pitches, the jokes picked up. Um, because I used to hear that Corolla was the one that would get all. Of them. Adam was gone by the time okay. I was there in the writers' room. At least uh, I started out doing research on the show, but Adam was gone. Um, it, pretty much everyone but me. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's cousin Sal always got stuff on this guy Tony Barbieri, um, Steve O'Donnell, who was the head writer at the time, and. Who used to be David Letterman's head writer? Oh yeah, Steve O'Donnell's the guy who created the top ten list. Well, it's a different beast. I mean, like stand up is not the same as late night writing, and like I think a lot of people. And it's a different audience. I feel like too. Like I think a lot of people are like, I want to be a comedy writer, and then you're like, oh, what kind? Right? Do you want to write stand up? Do you want to write? And for a talk show, it's hard because it is the same thing every day. You go in at like nine a.m., open up a newspaper, or go online to look at the news, and it's. It never ends. Like it's a year-round gig. You get a hiatus every few months, mm-hmm. but it's it's the same thing every day. And there are people who are really good at it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an acquired skill. You know what else is an acquired skill, Josh Rodriguez? What is an acquired skill? Shaving your face. Your face looks amazing. Thank you, guys. That's because <laughs> I may or may not use. I do use Harry's razors. Me too. Do you really? I fucking love Harry's razors. (laughs) You're a podcast guy, so I'm sure you actually do use Harry's razors. Yeah, they're great. Um, As you guys know, these shows come to us for free, and that's because of our amazing partners, partners like Harry's razors. Um, As we all know, shaving, like with traditional shaving, like Gillette and all that, is unnecessarily expensive. Like, it really does rack up so quickly, and you're kind of like, why does this razor cost as much as it does? Um, And that's why we're so genuinely excited to actually bring you guys some news about Harry's razors. Um, Harry's Razors is a company that for decades noticed that one big razor company had re- 
relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. So they decided that by taking less profit and selling directly to consumers over the internet, they could offer their blades at half the price, and they're actually twice the quality. Um, $2 a blade compared to the four or more you'd be paying at the drugstore for other blades. Um, So actually with this promotion, you guys can actually try Harry's for free. Um, Just so you know, Harry's is so confident you love their blades, they're giving you a free tile for free. Um, and they're, all you got to do is cover the $3 of shipping. So your free set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle. Ergonomic. It's orange. What does that mean? And it's orange. It's rad. He, um, does, he does use it. Yeah. He's I do. Just it's, talking. I've read this same <laughs> copy that you're reading. <laughs> and uh, I eventually just started straying away going, this yeah. is, it really is an amazing razor. It's, it's got absolutely. a little, on the end of the razor, it's got a little mini razor for getting... <laughs> Oh, with a razor, the nose hairs? The I nose can't is get worse. right up I against right the edge too. of my nose. I can never get. I know. They have a I little know. blade on the end, so you use yeah. it. You know, you know, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm showing the, the public my nose hairs. That's yeah. a Harry's razor's yeah, nose. I need, I need a Harry's razor. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> um, but anyway, we'd love for you guys to try a free trial set, including the five razor handle, five leg cartridge, and shave gel. So if you're interested, oh, please oh, go to harrys.com slash afterbuzz. Again, that's harrys.com slash afterbuzz right now. Nice. Wow, I killed it. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think of other stuff. This was such a great episode. What do you have, I can think of something awesome. Yeah. Are you a re- are you really into peanut butter and jelly? Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I am into peanut butter and jelly. I love uh, peanut grape or strawberry jelly. jelly. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm yeah. uh, between those two, I would go strawberry. Okay. But I usually go raspberry. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if I've had. Apple. I have. I, I dig that. And have super you? chunk. Sometimes even blackberry. Blackberry's blackberry's like good Ooh. and super chunk. See, in my super head, chunk. at that yeah. point, it's now jam. Do you guys know what well, I mean? Yeah. I feel like what, what's the difference between jam and jelly? And jelly anyway? has seeds. Is that true? Oh. That's no preserves. Uh, preserves are the when you get yeah, home and you're like, preserves. oh jam fuck, I bought <laughs> preserves. <laughs> seeds. Ugh. <laughs> oh, I seeds. actually like it when it has the seeds. It feels like get out. No, <laughs> get stuck in your teeth. What are you talking about? I like it. You hang out with Sarah with Flossing. Yep. Yeah. Well, of yeah. course, the last scene of this episode is I think we all have left to talk about. First of all, it's fun to see Pete lose his marijuana virginity. I thought this was very funny. And I thought like they kind of captured, from what I understand, the experience of what it's like to kind of, for the first time, experience the effects. Yeah. Um, Nothing and, happens. Yeah, that's true. The first time, that's what I've heard. Um, but he was very sweet. And this was another moment to me that was just so sweet. And I think like the endearing heart of this show has been my favorite thing that I've seen so far. And of course, Pete gets a hotel room. What did that kind of symbolize to you guys? Pete sleeps staying in the hotel room. He's on the way up. He's on his way up. Yep. Definitely. Anything yep. we haven't talked about the episode specifically that you guys wanted to cover? Um, no, Just the much. start. Yeah, that's they uh, had to play the joke to get rid of him. Like, oh, yeah. to get rid this guy of him. sucks. This guy sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was an ouch moment. For yeah, because I thought he was Holmes. getting along with what, what was his name? I'm sorry, Jermaine. Uh, in real life, it's Jermaine yeah. Fowler. I don't know his name. I thought Jermaine. he was getting along with Jermaine pretty well. They got uh, food samples and. And all that stuff. At Whole Foods. Yeah. At Whole Foods. I, I thought they were getting along, and to see him get kicked out like that or deceived yeah. kind of surprised me. Maybe because it's, he's so cheery and like that can get annoying for some people. <laughs> what do you like, mean? Jimmy? No, Pete Holmes. I know, oh, yeah, yeah, we both are very cheery. <laughs> <laughs> he's so positive. Um, I guess with that. Oh, last thing. Favorite quotes. Favorite quotes. That's yeah. what I was forgetting. Uh, it was said 
But I'm going to go ahead and repeat it because yeah, I thought it was so yeah, great. Yeah, go ahead. We all love this quote. Go I ahead. feel like Dad just yelled at us on the way to Disneyland. Yes. It was pretty funny. That was hilarious. And then we had the same one. Yeah. That one. When uh, <laughs> Sarah's like, I'm not going to fuck you. Ask Steve. He might fuck you. Would you? So That's would a you, question. Would you fuck uh, Pete? No. Okay. <laughs> what if Sarah <laughs> made you do it? All right. I Mike. still no. <laughs> He's the worst. I actually have another. I have no, another I'm just kidding. One too. He's engaged. That's the only He's reason. The worst. He's got a fiance now. Mm-hmm. So. I wrote down a lot of quotes, but I think just because this one is the one that I can relate to the most, it was just when they said, "Take the mic and do your job." Yeah, <laughs> that like, was a great. That whole the way that escalated, the tension was really palpable there. I thought it was really, really great. It was good, and I also like the the scene between Sarah Silverman and Pete Holmes. Where she's like, you're homeless? He's like, no. Do you have a home? No. So you're homeless. Not all who wander are lost. That's true. That was <laughs> The J.R.R. Token, Lord of the Rings. And I could so relate Is that what that's from? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I, I could so relate to the idea of him being like, no, it's like a different category. Just because I don't have a home, I'm not homeless. It right. always feels like that's a whole different kind of thing, you know? <laughs> like when you first move here, you're looking for a place. Yeah. You yeah. would never call yourself homeless. Right, you're just looking. Yeah. You're just looking. You're just crashing. Yeah. I do have actually a question for you. Uh, So, because we all know that you did that whole thing where you shouted out all of your 5,000 Twitter followers. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. It actually ended up being, like, over 7,000. Yeah. Uh, April Fool's is coming up this weekend. So, what's the best prank you've ever pulled on someone? Good question. Actually, it might be last year. I, um, I, I photoshopped my picture onto a, um... Uh, an article, an online article from Deadline.com that was announcing Robin Wright had joined the cast of the new Blade Runner movie. <laughs> and so I photoshopped my picture over hers in the little frame and then just photoshopped my name over her. Steve Agee has joined. And I didn't even change any of the text. So it's all it keeps referring to her or she... And I just put it up, and I wasn't even thinking that it was April Fool's. I was like, oh, this is fun. And I just put it up. On April 1st? I would have done it on any day, but it happened to be April Fool's. And then 90% of the people thought it was real. I was getting (laughs) text messages going, Steve, this is amazing. Congratulations. I was like, oh, shit. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's April Fool's. It was awesome. It's really funny. And then what's the best prank uh, that someone has pulled on you? Like a traumatic experience, maybe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Going dark. <laughs> uh, I can't think of one. I did one time try to prank a friend, and it backfired. Uh, a friend of mine was crashing at my house. We were watching TV, and he fell asleep on my couch. And I went into my room, and I got this. I had this Halloween mask of, like, <laughs> a demon. Like, it is the <laughs> scariest mask you've ever seen. And the living room was just really dark, except for the light of the TV. And I, like, start crawling across the floor, and I get right up to his face, and I'm breathing really loud. And he kind of just opens his eyes and sees this and just punches me. <laughs> he his he had the fight response, the fight or flight, and punched me so hard in the face, it almost knocked me unconscious. That's my such a moment that I've seen God. on things that I would never expect oh to happen God. in real life. That's so awesome. Me neither. Awesome. That's, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, you guys still friends? <laughs> yes, this was like 15, 20 years ago. Oh, man. Well, I guess with that, do you guys want to get into quick predictions? Let's do it. Show? Let's do it. It's our prediction now, uh, drop. You're after Buzz I, TV. Never gets old. Never gets old. Never gets old. It never feels too long. Yeah. It's just great. 
Um, any predictions from you guys? What do you do? You know anything about what's going to happen next on the show? So you got to probably. I don't know about the next episode. I I know stuff that happens coming up, so, so I don't, don't want to ruin it for you guys. Fair yeah. enough. How about you guys? What do you guys I, think, I think is going to happen? Wifey comes back, missing him. Yep. And uh, Pete's moving from closer to being the closer than the warm up. Ooh, I like closer to the closer. Nice. nice. Uh, I feel like this is my prediction every week, but I'm just going to say it. I think that Jess is going to come back. She's going to get sick of Leaf. Yes. And she's going to want... <laughs> Weird That's <name>, right? great. <laughs> We're trying to get George on the show. Oh, yeah. He's, God, been... he's so funny. It's too busy I think he's abroad. But, is he uh, an L.A. guy? He's normally is. He could have made it a couple Happy weeks ago. Birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear John. Blow it out! Blow it out! Thank you. Oh. Blow it out! Happy twenty-first birthday! Thank you! Gosh. Thank you! Look at this candle they got me. This is awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you. Um, any prank for this? It's like that scared the shit out. Of me. That's the best prank you've ever done. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know what was happening. It's like a, at first. I think he's being. It's like a cinnamon roll. Ah, I'll eat it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> looks good. It is very good. <laughs> Mean any predictions from you? Uh, I think that if uh, is her name Jess, if Jess yes. does, yeah, uh, if Lauren Lofkus's character comes back, then um, I think she's gonna see Pete with Sarah Silverman and be like, "What's going on?" Ooh, yeah. snap! Could be something like that. Or see him successful and be like, "Oh, that too." Successful with Sarah Silverman. <laughs> I think. By the way, Silverman. I have a little tidbit of information. Yes. When we shot this, Sarah had just been. In intensive care, like three weeks Whoa. before, and almost died. Oh my god! Like a throat uh, issue. Like she had this re- really rare syndrome where a membrane in your throat will like grow shut, and you will suffocate. That's if you floss too much, is what I've heard. <laughs> and uh, she had just been having a sore throat, and she went into a doctor, Whoa. and the doctor was like, "We're operating right now." Get and it was like, god. and he was like, "You should you probably call yeah, people because yeah. it's not a guaranteed." Easy operation. That's crazy. And so she, I believe she was in kind of a not medically induced coma for like a week after that, but she was like out of it, (laughs) sedated and out of it for like a week. And then three weeks later, we were shooting this. Wow. Wow. I I bet she was. She gave a very emotionally vulnerable performance, and I would have to think that that experience probably was. Yeah, it was crazy. Like a lot of people, like. Oh my god, I can't believe you still showed up. Wow. Well, I'm very glad not only did she show up, but that she is still with us. (laughs) I think she should show up here, actually. You want to pass along? I'll put in some. uh, Come on, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Oh, all right. It's my birthday. Go to her house. We're a very friendly crew, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, well, we would love to give you this opportunity. You're doing a lot. Obviously, you guys love podcasts because you're listening. Yes. I personally love his podcast on Feral. So talk nice. about what you're doing for us and uh, let us know where we can find you. I do a podcast uh, at feralaudio.com called Steve A.G. Uh. It's great. U-H-H-H. Uh, where it's just interview stuff. Uh, I think tomorrow, which is Tuesday, uh, Paul F. Tompkins will be my guest. Amazing. And I have a new podcast coming out at the same network with Busy Phillips from Freaks and Geeks, where we talk about medical-related <laughs> issues. We're both hypochondriacs. That's going to be called We're No Doctors. <laughs> and uh, so that'll be out in maybe a month, month and a half. Great. And then, um, 
You can catch me in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in uh, about a month. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, I will certainly be listening to your podcast. Thank I'm, you. I know there's a lot of comics doing interviews podcasts, but yours is very fresh, and I thanks, want you're thanks. welcome. Yeah, I'd love for just, you guys to check it out. Just a quick question. I know we don't have much time, but yeah. who, who are your inspirations? Like, who are your favorite comics? I was thinking that, too. I, I asked like, George yeah. Carlin, who's my favorite comedian. He, uh, A Place for My Stuff is the first album I ever bought. I was 11, and, and I was not buying music. Right. CDs or albums. I was buying comedy albums. Did you ever meet him? Uh, no. I ah. never saw him live either, which bums me out. And then also uh, John Ritter. Mm. Three's oh. Company was my favorite show, and Aww. that's kind of made me want to be an actor. Wow. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, we can't thank you enough for being here, Steve. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, yeah, my name is Jeff Graham, guys. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. We're here every week at 4 p.m. talking about our favorite new show on HBO. Where can the rest of the people find you all? My name is Mike Ribby. You can find me on social media at Mike Rips. The underscore artist right Shoe. here. Underscores. <laughs> Josh Rodriguez, Twitter, Instagram. Josh underscore Rodriguez, Instagram. Underscore. Underscore. artist. I'm off to a rough start this year. I'm off to a rough start. <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. He's hammered. My name is Mina. You can find me on Instagram at Mina Makes Magic. And you guys can find us every week here at 4 p.m. on AfterBuzz TV. We'll see you then, and thanks so much for tuning in. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.